At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by photographycourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Kristalenia Batsiu who is a Greek photographer with many talents. She has a background in science and is currently working as a photographer and videographer in Portugal. We talk about the impact that science has had on her photography, tips on working with businesses, both local and international, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, Daya. Thank you very much for having me here. I love your podcast, first of all. And uh, my full name is Cristalenia, but everybody calls me Christy, so feel free to call me that. And I'm from a small town in northern Greece and currently live in Porto for the past seven years. That's very exciting. Thank you for loving the podcast, by the way. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> Thank you for the valuable content you're sharing. What camera equipment do you use? Uh, I'm currently working with a Nikon a D750. Like I have two of them because as a wedding photographer, it's advised you always carry two cameras in view. And uh, I have a variety of lenses, but I almost always go with the old Nifty 50, the 50 millimeter 1.4 that I've had for like eight years, and it's still my go-to lens. I, I also have some zoom lenses, but like 50 is always my first choice. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, the Nifty 50, it's a lot of people's first choice, really. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's amazing. I mean, I've dropped it a thousand times and it's still there. <laughs> I know. They're just like those old Nokia phones. Do you remember those? Yeah, that they break the floor instead of breaking themselves. <laughs> exactly. Well, lenses and just cameras in general should be like that because, I mean, we're not clumsy as photographers, but sometimes we're so lost in the moment that we end up, you know, dropping your equipment. And it should be like a, an old Nokia phone, just completely robust. <laughs> I completely agree. And I'm a clumsy photographer, so <laughs> I, I can be clumsy too. Like if I'm really in the moment, if I'm so lost in my ideas, then sometimes yeah, I might bump my camera against something and I feel so bad afterwards. <laughs> I know, I know, me too. Especially at weddings. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. That's terrifying. It is my worst fear is like walking backwards just to capture the perfect scene and falling into a puddle of water or into a lake, or just onto the <laughs> wedding cake. I always try to vision that so that I avoid it. <laughs> yeah, it's good to envision the, the worst case scenario, with because as you said, then you can avoid it. Yeah, I mean, it's scary to even imagine it, but it is good to be aware of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite photographs of yours is a commercial shot for a store that bakes cakes. It's a gorgeous shot of someone sprinkling powdered sugar on a gingerbread house. The lighting, composition, and colors are all perfect. Do you have any tips for photographers who want to take creative and high-quality photos for commercial purposes? Oh, first of all, thank you for that. Because it's funny that you mentioned, because it's also one of my favorites as well. And it's a funny story behind it, because it's not actually powdered sugar, it's flour. And I shot it during um, uh, like the 31 days photo challenge that I did in December. I was trying a different theme every day, and I collaborated with one of my favorite cake bakers in Porto. So we turned it into a commercial suit within the personal project and we made a chaos like sprinkling flour everywhere all over my living room. <laughs> and actually the person in the photo is me, it's a self-portrait. So like going back to your question, my tip for everyone that wants to take creative uh, shot photos for commercial purposes would be exactly that, like experiments, make a mess. You don't need a big fancy studio or fancy equipment. Uh, like you can shoot in your living room with nice lighting and with your friends and just experimenting, trying to think outside of the box and try to like replace ingredients or equipment that are missing from your budget with things that you, that are hanging naturally around your living room or your space. <laughs> like playing like a child and build it up little by little. Mm -hmm. I love that advice. And it's amazing that that photograph is a self-portrait. I'll link to it in the show notes so people know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites because it has that commercial feeling to it, but it's also emotional. And overall, it's a perfect photograph, I think, just for personal use and for commercial use too. Thank you. So I'm wondering if there's any advice you would give to people who want to work locally. 
So you mentioned that there's a local baker in your area that you worked with. Do you have any tips for people who sort of shy away from this kind of stuff, but still want to build their business portfolio successfully? Yeah, well, it will sound kind of a cliche, but actually the answer is simple. It's like networking is everything. You have to create connections with like-minded people, with other creatives around you. Not only photographers and other videographers, but also like small businesses. You can start from there. Even if you aim to be a big commercial photographer and you want to just aim to the big clients, you will not just like skip everything else and get there out of nowhere. It's very important to to create some connections with the small businesses around you. For example, uh, this cake baker, I met her at a photography festival here in Porto, the Porto Photo Fest, where I was uh, uh, working as a volunteer. And we just like started talking and she told me all about her business. She's, she was also like a scientist beforehand and then she just started building her business and in baking cakes and she started working with weddings so I said okay let's hang out have coffee sometime and we're friends ever since like we've been working in together in projects and weddings and editorials like three or four times a year ever since and this is just a small example the same thing like applies to every other like vendor and small businesses there are so many people around you that are going exactly through the same things that we as photographers are going through so, yeah, my connection would be just like that, like do a Google search and find the local vendors around you and approach them, have a copy with them, get to know their work, share their work. I feel it will be highly appreciated by them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Networking is super important, especially if you want to get into the commercial side of things as a photographer. And for me, what has worked really well is, as you mentioned previously, just volunteering from time to time, just offering your services. Obviously not all the time because we all need to earn money, but offering at least at the very beginning your services to people and maybe getting their products in return or something that is of value to you, but also providing them with high quality photographs. And that's one of the best ways to start building your portfolio. Exactly. Start building a portfolio. And I also think that even as like your career grows, it's important and very nice to still have a pro bono project once a year or like as many as can fit in your schedule because these kind of projects will take you out of your comfort zone. They will take out the stress of delivering something for a client so you will start thinking outside of the box and thinking differently than just uh, delivering a gallery to a client. It will help you grow as well. As yes, a exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. Do you have any other projects that are related to photography that you're working on at the moment? Yes. So the latest project that uh, I'm working on is uh, being part of uh, an online uh, collective exhibition, an online collective gallery called Woman Mansion, which comes from like merging the words uh, woman and mansion, which is actually a big house online. Uh, We're using a 3D, some 3D software for its creation. And each room of this Woman Mansion is like the photographs uh, of uh, a female photographer and it's currently we're like 13 female photographers from all around the world uh, uk us some from greece and i live in portugal uh, france south africa and we are like collaborated online through online meetings just to build this piece by piece and each wall it's like each wall in every room is a photograph that depicts like our feelings and uh, 
our emotions through COVID, through this pandemic. And I think it's very emotional and very interesting to see how people from like such different backgrounds and with such long distances between them think alike when it comes to something so global as a pandemic. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's a great way for people to come together creatively and to help others and let others know that they're not alone in the situation if they feel lonely. And it's just an overall interesting and very unique project. I've never heard of anything like that. Yes, this is exactly the point, to not, to not feel alone. I'm pretty sure that many people that visit our rooms or that take this virtual tour that we created will relate to those feelings and to what they're seeing. And it's actually interactive. You can go in each other's room, you can read a bio or listen to the bio of its photographer and you can click on like the info little buttons that will tell you a little story about how this photo, how this wall was created. And it's very interesting to see the similarities between uh, the, the train of thought and the feelings there. For example, rooms that you can see a person being in their own living room, uh, drinking wine, uh, working out, uh, working with children cooking, being bored, everything. I mean, your space becomes your everything. You just have to change your mindset to go to the next activity instead of putting on new clothes and going out of the house and do something else. So this has been a, a great challenge for all of us that, have, that are like obliged to stay at home for like, what, it's been a year now. Yeah, it's great that you're doing this and that you created this Wu Mansion. I love the word, the name Wu Mansion, because it makes so much sense. First of all, you have these virtual tours that you can take. And second of all, it's sort of like a, a community of women who are coming together to feel at home as photographers and as people. Exactly. Yes. It was my friend, another friend of mine, the one that runs this festival that I talked about before, uh, that initiated. It's my friend Anna Gan. So we're coming back to the networking stuff again. Exactly. Just like two people that I met and it's been so many years and we're still creating and getting to know more people and more ideas with each other. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it shows the importance of putting yourself out there because sometimes a connection that you think is insignificant or not that important ends up being just having such a huge impact on your life as a photographer or even just as a person in general. It's really amazing. I agree with that, yes. <laughs> you also have a background in science, which I find very fascinating that is wildly different to photography, but I imagine that it has affected your photography in many ways. I'd love to know more about that. Yes, that's true. So I do have a university degree in biology. And even though I chose another path later on in my career, I wouldn't change that for anything in the world. Because like studying science allowed me to perceive the world in a way that I wouldn't have probably otherwise it gave me uh, tools like analytical thinking, structure of thoughts, the process of planning an experiment from start to finish, analyzing your data. All of these things are essential when you run a business, when you're a photographer, they're essential when you do actually anything. And of course, you don't need a biology degree to know those things. But in my case, I'm very grateful that I learned those things through that experience and along with other experiences like living as a student, aware from my hometown, building new friendships, getting to know people, getting out of your comfort zone, the learning process. So like when you're part of the science world, you realize that you are small and that definitely helps you a lot because this is exactly how you feel when you're in the great big photography world. You simply just feel small and accept the fact that you constantly have so much to learn 
the process of learning and experimenting becomes part of you. It never stops. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's where it has influenced me more in my photography. I love that very much. I love the parallel between both of those industries. And I love that you mentioned that you feel small because in essence, you know, feeling small might seem like it's a horrible feeling. But in reality, sometimes it can be really motivating because, as you said, you want to constantly learn and grow as an artist. And that's what gives you that necessary motivation every day to get up and and create. Exactly. Like personally, when I was working or like studying with sciences, uh, I felt constantly that I was comparing myself to others and I felt that I had so much to learn and sometimes it was overwhelming and I thought, oh, maybe I should try something else. Maybe this isn't for me. And then, for example, when I started working with photography, I kept feeling the same way. And then I was like, wait a second, what if I talk with other like-minded people? And I just started noticing that everyone feels the same. It's not like where you actually work or what you actually do. You just have to understand that you're, we as people are work in progress and we always learn. And we just stopped, have to stop to comparing ourselves with others, especially this in photography. It's very important. Yeah, that is very important. And I know it's something everybody struggles with, but even though it's a universal feeling, we often feel like we're alone in it. And it's just strange. It's a very strange uh, feeling, feeling like you're isolated in your own feelings, but also knowing that others are going through this. It's sort of like, it's kind of a dilemma, isn't it? Yes, very much. And that's where uh, communities work wonders. Like they help a lot. Photography communities that have been like widely been spreading around the internet in the past years, I think they're like a huge help to try to, you know, to diminish this feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Being a part of a community, not comparing yourself to other people, trying not to as much as you can, and just focusing on your own work. And what has helped me a lot is just being open about my own feelings with other photographers or just other people from different industries. Because once you open up, you will usually get some sort of positive feedback in return. Other people will say, okay, I feel the same way. I mean, 99% of the time I've had that experience where people saw that I was vulnerable and were comfortable because of that and opened up in their own ways. And as a result, we both learned from each other and it really helped us feel more comfortable. Exactly that. Yes, I completely agree. And also because we all know that internet is mean and there's criticism there and there's bad criticism and constructive criticism. You know that in these communities with like-minded people, you're going to find the good criticism or the like, you're doing okay. I feel the same way. Keep going. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very important to be surrounded by people who feel the same way you do and are open to being vulnerable and are open to growing. It's it's a it's a very good community that we as photographers have. I feel like we're very blessed in that sense. We have so many different kinds of communities to choose from. Yes, I completely agree. And I also think that we have to like like start normalizing feeling vulnerable. Yes, exactly. I mean, if you normalize it, then it'll mean that it's not something that people will consider like some sort of phenomenon. It's not some rare thing that only a few people in this world go through. It's something everybody feels at some point in their lives and it's completely normal and it's okay. And sometimes it can be a blessing in disguise because then you can take incredible photographs as a result of it, meet new people who you wouldn't have met had you not been vulnerable and so on. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to get out of there. Exactly. Yeah. 
photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. You experiment with different genres, editing techniques, and compositions in your work. I bet that makes your photo shoots unpredictable and exciting. Do you have any tips for photographers who are going through a creative rut and want to try something new without losing motivation? Oh, yeah, well, that's a tough one because it is so much easier said than done. I think that like the answer is very obvious and very simple at some point. We we just have to go out there and shoot, shoot, shoot. And we need to keep it simple and start small first and then like build it up. Uh, we need to get up, go for a walk, read a book, watch a movie, do anything, something that makes our brain like giggle a little bit rather than just snoozing all the time. At least this is how like I feel when I'm when I'm feeling completely out of motivation, completely out of inspiration. Sometimes I just lay there and I'm like, okay, I need to wait for something to change. I need to wait for some source of inspiration. And that's not true because if I wait, it apparently will not come when I need it. It will <laughs> probably never come. I, you just have to do something to change your state. That is my advice. Just no matter how difficult it sounds, we have to like do something different. Just get up and do something small. Go for a walk, read a book. <laughs> Our three six five days of photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course, presented in bite-sized lessons, teaches you step-by-step -step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. Yeah, it's the small steps that make a big difference in the long run. And yeah, I like that advice. I mean, even if it's simple, it's very effective and it's helped me a lot in my photography as well. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a good perspective to have. Yeah, small steps, for me, they seem to work best because... Like I often have the tendency to, to like dream big and then feel overwhelmed because I want to get from A to Z without the in-between. And that's not possible. And I think that I can see that also in many other uh, like solo photographers. We just have to create some safe space for ourselves to create things. And if we don't make this space fun and comfortable and forgiving for ourselves, it will just be too overwhelming to get out of, to go out there and just start shooting something and this is the advice that i will also give myself if i could turn back time it would be shoot as much as possible it doesn't matter if it's good if it's interesting you don't have to create standing work all the time continuously it's also not possible <laughs> you yeah. have to break this taboo yes exactly yeah you, you don't need to be perfectionist and i read somewhere recently um, in an article they said that 
we often overestimate how much we can achieve in a day and underestimate how much we can achieve in a month. So it's all about the small steps, as you said, and making small progress every day. And then you look back on your month and see that you made so much more progress than you had imagined. Um, so it's, yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah, what you said just now is really interesting because it applies not only to photography, it applies in anything else in your life. Imagine doing something small for like 20 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the month, you're going to almost be an expert in it. But if you just say that I'm only going to do it if I can spend two hours to be completely concentrated, you might not even get to the point that you're doing it with such frequency that will get you somewhere. So yeah, again, small steps, small habits, building good habits of practicing and exercising and repeating the same and same and same process all over again. This is what helps us the most. I think exactly. we underestimate that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if you commit to doing something for a few minutes every day or every other day, then it's not scary to the mind because the mind, you know, sometimes if you think that you will commit to doing something for two hours every day or three hours or more, that's terrifying, especially if you're just starting. You're just going to lose motivation, I feel so. It's like putting too much pressure on yourself from the very beginning. Exactly. In photography, it also doesn't work. If you see the stunning work of a photographer with amazing light and the great concept behind it, and you say, oh, I want to get there. And then you feel discouraged of going out of there and shooting something simple because you don't have uh, the skills or the equipment yet to produce the exact same amount of impressive work. Then you will just get stuck there. And this is not where how it was supposed to be. You have to just like push yourselves and do the little things and you will get there one day. Well, I started learning Korean recently and the best advice I got from my friend who has been helping me learn is just study for 15 minutes a day. It might seem like nothing, but it's better than doing it for two hours every week and just not really achieving anything. You know, if you do it for two hours per day or for one day every week, then it's going to feel overwhelming and I think it's the same in photography. It applies to anything in life, really. I completely agree. I can't, I can't stress how uh, enough how important this is. And if you like do a small research, you will see that there are so many videos, tutorials, interview podcasts, books around there speaking about this very principle. The, the like, I don't exactly remember the name of it, but it was something like the two-minute principle that. Uh, you don't have to work out for like one hour every day. You just have to start with doing it for two minutes every day. And even if it seems that it's so little that it's almost nothing, it's actually a very, very big deal. And I feel that the same thing applies to photography. And this kind of mindset has helped me a lot uh, since I started applying it to my work, to my personal projects, to my process of learning something in photography as well. Exactly. I think, yeah, it's the most important advice that uh, that a photographer could get or a creative person in general yeah i agree with you 100 percent. yeah because you might think that it's going to do nothing to you to your personal life just to do something for what two minutes but then usually if you commit to doing something for two minutes then you'll think to yourself in the middle of it okay i'll do it for another two minutes and then by the time you're done with the four minutes that you committed to you want to do more so you end up with you know more time that came from you naturally organically that motivation yes exactly Habits are everything. (laughs) Absolutely. You're also a wedding photographer. What has been your best wedding photography experience so far? Oh, can I choose two? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) So like, uh, because like 
when they ask me this question, there are two things instantly pop in my mind. They're kind of opposite. One of them is, was like last summer that we were shooting a wedding on a beautiful Greek island. And it was simply an adventure because we're like on top of a dry salt lake. We're using a huge inflatable uh, flamingo and little baby inflatable flamingos as props. And it was so much fun and so surreal just being there, being completely goofy in the middle of, of the desert, actually carrying a huge flamingo on top of our car. We had so much fun. I remember vividly that I couldn't stop smiling and thinking how much I love my job that day. And the other example is uh, like back in 2019 when I shot a wedding beautiful venue in the middle of nature in, in northern Portugal and the weather was just so horrible it wouldn't stop raining and the couple came all the way like from New Zealand and their families as well dreaming this amazing sunny wedding in Portugal and it was just rainy and horrible the whole day but everyone was so happy and so loving that they didn't even care and we took like goofy photos in the rain we used transparent umbrellas we got rewarded with a huge rainbow in that photo. And it's still one of the most memorable weddings that I've ever shot because it was beautiful. It was unpredictable, but we made it work. And that's the most important thing that uh, like it taught us that day, that if everything, even if everything is going wrong, people that smile, they're just happy to be together and celebrate together is the, the greatest example of what really matters. And not everything has to be perfect. Sometimes we just have to make it be. Exactly. Yeah. You made the most of the situation and your clients helped because they were in love and happy. And that's amazing. That's a great example of making the most of whatever life throws your way. Yeah, exactly. And wedding photography can be so unpredictable. It's like a roller coaster. So many emotions in one day, so much stress, so many things to do and think. And so many people, of course, stress about the weather because, of course, everybody wants a big, sunny wedding day. And even I want that. And that's not always possible because weather is something that we cannot control. But you can control everything else. I and mean, instead of instead of just uh, like starting being sad about what's going around you that you cannot control, you can just like be part of it and play along. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a quote that I love so much. It's probably one of my favorite quotes. And I'm a big quote person, so this is saying a lot. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's by Bruce Lee, and I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it basically says that you should be like water. You know, you, water takes the shape of whatever it's poured into and adjusts and adapts. And if there are cracks, it pours through them instead of just standing still in one place and being stuck. So as people, and as photographers especially, we should and can be like water because that'll help us adapt to whatever situation without losing our minds. Wow, that's really beautiful and very inspiring because... It's exactly the, like our, our nature as people because we have the tendency as we grow up to accept less and less change through the passage of years and being able to learn to adapt and to keep this feeling of transforming ourselves to adapt the environment rather than trying to change everything around us to fit our personality. I mean, it's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. If you adapt to whatever situation life throws your way, then you will learn something and you will grow as a photographer, as a person, especially. And you, know, you never know what will happen. It might lead to the most incredible opportunity of your life. So it's exciting. 
Yeah, for me, wedding photography has also shaped me in some way because before that, I had the tendency of feeling overwhelmed when things weren't going the way that I wanted or when something big and predictable happened during the day and it just ruined my plans. And with wedding photography, I found out that, no, this is part of the game. In any wedding, it's like very unlikely that everything goes 100% according to plan. So it's really important you learn to adapt and you learn to be flexible and you learn to be a problem solver and you just breathe and smile and think how you can make the best of it. And you can apply that to your life as well. Yeah, that's incredible. I like that. It makes me want to get into wedding photography now. (laughs) (laughs) So videography is another strength of yours. I think that offering this service to clients can really broaden your horizons and give you many exciting opportunities in general. Do you have any tips for photographers who want to get into videography professionally? Well, yes. It's like if you're a photographer and looking to expand into videography, it's important to remember that it's not like just taking photos but moving, (laughs) but it's a different uh, world with a different vocabulary, different techniques, etc. And you still need the whole attention. But... um, it doesn't cease to have the very important things, the, the very same things that photography also needs. You have to be aware of the lighting and you have to be aware of the framing. You have to network with people. So even though it's kind of different, the same principles apply. You have to connect with people, be a great communicator. And light, like it's like the most important thing, either you work with photography or videography. But uh, yeah, like uh, you have to, Again, shoot as much as possible and experiment as much as possible and learn as much as you can from books, from tutorials, from courses, from university, wherever you get your knowledge from. And then network and start meeting people and go out there and talk to the small businesses and shoot something for them to start building your portfolio. The same principle. Yeah, that's good advice. I have a question personally from myself. How was your first videography experience? Because I imagine, at least for myself, if I had to go to my first professional videography shoot, I would be terrified and nervous and uh, insecure a little bit, to be honest. (laughs) Well, in my case, it was very natural because I never even tried uh, to get into videography. Uh, I remember I first shot a video when I was volunteering at a, at a camping in a Greek island during the summer, it was like an astronomy, astrophotography uh, conference that lasted five days in the summer. And uh, a friend of mine happened to organize it. So he called me and said, hey, do you want to participate as a volunteer and like shoot a video in exchange? And I was like, yeah, okay. I don't know how to shoot a video, but I will find my way around it. I do photography, so I think it, it will be easy. <laughs> That's what I thought back then. So I started just experimenting with video and then it just came naturally uh, because you, you shoot your first video and then you understand that, oh, so it's not really as I imagined. I have to get other pieces of equipment. I have to think about sound as well because moving images is not just images, it's images and sound. And I have to have like good quality in both of them. So you start breaking these little pieces apart and start thinking how you can improve both of them. Yeah. And it's the same learning process. Then you just dive in and start following other people's work and see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, yeah. The most important thing you can do, I guess, is to take the first step and not be afraid. And it's cool that you weren't really, you were so unaware that you thought it was easy that you just dove into it <laughs> head first. That's cool. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> yes. And then like videography still comes kind of not uh, like organically to me. I don't even advertise myself as videographer so much. I like keep the name photographer to my business cards and to my website and everything. And just uh, videography work just keeps coming as uh, like word of mouth. And mm. it's also like a split test to me. It's interesting to see how much effort I put to myself to be out there as a photographer and how much organic works comes as a videographer just because I made connections and people knew my work and they started saying to other people that, hey, she's doing good work with video. Do you want to hire her? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I mean, your photography and your videography are both amazing. So I'm not surprised that word of mouth is working for you well. Thank you so much. My last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Okay, well, that's a really great question. So I want to do well what I do. I want to connect the dots in my mind, learn as much as possible, explore the world as much as possible and get to know many people and basically that's it <laughs> that's a good answer i really like that because it just it encompasses everything that photographers want to achieve as photographers because we want to learn we want to connect with people we want to grow and all in all that's a it's a great goal to have and i think that will give you so many more opportunities in the future and help you grow so much as an artist and i, I can't wait to see everything that you achieve in the future and Thank you for sharing your wisdom with me and the listeners. And yeah, I'm excited to see where you go next. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. It was great talking to you. Yes, likewise. Okay. Talk soon. Talk soon. Bye-bye. I appreciate how passionate Krista is about her work. She's multi-talented, knows how to take gorgeous photos of anything, and knows how to network, which is really important. I hope her story inspired you to challenge yourself creatively and to be fearless when it comes to networking. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.